0: Welcome to part two of Hafen's a Spy. Well, maybe he's a spy, but definitely Hafen is a spy. Where we left off at episode one, or part one, sorry, Hafen, after allegedly getting his master's degree as a climate scientist from Washington, has been in Europe for quite some time now, and he has just recently gone from... France, and he was on his way to Ghana via a company he and two friends had started, a Swedish-based company that got a contract to beta test their product of weather mapping. So Hafen was planning on going to Ghana and on a connecting flight through London, was informed he would not be getting on a flight to Ghana, and he would be sent back to his homeland and after haggling and negotiation and some white knuckle time in a detention room at Heathrow he negotiated not being sent to New York or to California but back to Washington where allegedly he still had his apartment and his car and all that stuff and he'd be able to sustain himself a little better it took a while things to get worked out with the new company he was starting in Sweden and getting all the paperwork with the fine folks at the Ghana, Ghanese. I wish a smart person was here to tell me the correct term. But anyways, he had to negotiate with the embassy uh, from Ghana in New York while living in Washington to get to Ghana to start this new Swedish based company. And that's where this picks up. Now, Before I roll part two, I just want to, you know, recap and go over a couple things. First of all, I love Hafen. He is more than a brother. He was in my starter wedding, which we talked about. Truly, love the guy. There's a really good chance I have no idea who he is. And, you know, just to lay out my case, which, by the way, we, Biff, Joe, and Hafen, we all agreed in six months if, you know, if Hafen can be reached at the time, Biff and Joe will, will come up with some questions and some thoughts and they will do some uh, some asking and leading the charts the next time we have Hafen on in several months and see what their conclusions are. I mean, I just look at it as if somebody, our government, whatever clandestine operation was going and looking to recruit somebody to bring into the fold, all the intangibles are there. Hafen is funny. He is charming. He is good looking. He is athletic. I'm trying to think. Uh, No history with drug or alcohol. He is an only child, sort of by default. Has very, very little uh, family ties, you know, especially back here. No really close relatives, you know, other, you know, there's mom. But also no friends. Uh, Very, very, you know, very popular. Lots of friends but no friend who, you know, it would be suspicious, hey, I haven't heard from Hafen in a couple weeks. You know, all of those things, you know, all those elements that you would really want, you know, no ex-wife, no kid, no, no really, those really, really strong ties. Then all the other things, he has gone to a prestigious engineering, you know, institution where, you know, he has a background in applied physics and mechanical engineering. Um, since the '80s, he's been a, a character out of an '80s movie hacker level with coding and programming, and did very well in the .dot com you know world, which is what you know he he really loves you know to do. He allegedly has this climate scientist weather mapping degree. I mean, he picks up languages. He, he speaks several languages. He says he doesn't, but we know he speaks them. Whether he speaks them fluently and great, but, you know, passable to get by in, you know, France and Sweden and probably half another, you know, European countries. All those things go into the fact that, you know, he has this career where he plausibly has to drop off the map because he's Doing a science experiment here where there's no cell service, or he's at this remote place, or he's at a place where he loses power sometimes for hours, sometimes for days, and you can't contact him. Do I really think all of this adds up to him being a spy? Yeah, I do. Uh, That's it, uh, Hafe. I love you, and here is part two of our chat with my good friend Hafen, our good friend Hafen.
1: The envelope. I'm thinking. Okay, good. All right, and then. One of the other ones grabs it out of my hand and says, no, you can't do that. So then they proceed to escort me through the Seattle airport to US uh, you know, immigration. And I, I, I don't remember quite how the conversation goes until the point where I remember the, the US immigration official saying, I don't care. He's an American citizen. <laughs> And that was the moment I wanted to kiss the ground. (laughs) (laughs) So the, so they ended up giving me my passport at that moment. And I was just so thankful, but I was paranoid at this point because of every, everything I had been through along uh, the way on this trip, I kept thinking things were going to get better. And then they didn't, and they got worse in fact. So eventually got my passport back. I leave the, the airport. I'm on my way back on some, uh, you know, like uh, shuttle bus, whatever, and I'm still paranoid at this point. <laughs> I'm still not feeling comfortable yet. It wasn't until I got home that I finally, you know, take my passport out, kiss the ground, and uh, uh, finally feel like okay, things are gonna be all right. <laughs> So you didn't
2: even check to see if that was actually your passport that they handed to you before you left. It was just like, I assume it's mine and not like... Juan Sanchez. uh, No, so
3: (laughs) at at any point in this uh, ordeal, did you have to take off your pants?
1: Oh, Have have to?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Offered. I mean, hey, (laughs) what do I got to do to get back in this country? Am I right? Uh,
1: Listen... Wait, by myself or with other people present? <laughs> there
3: were cameras. That, that's where Haven goes, you know, I've got a particular set of skills. And started to <laughs> I unbuckle his uh, belt. So, <laughs> so,
0: so you're in Washington. And because I'm in contact with you, we're talking. And this is where you're are – they're trying in Sweden to get you back at this point and And kind of uh, – what was the timeline? And did you go to Ghana or did you go to Sweden first?
1: So what I did was I I spent the next month actually uh, putting all my stuff in my apartment in storage because, let's just face it, I wasn't going to be there. So uh, put everything in storage. And, and
3: so you put your hockey equipment all smelly. And, and the, the car. <laughs> and, and sealed it and then put it in the storage, right? In case somebody's went in and broke into your storage.
1: Yeah, but I sprayed it down with Febreze first. Um, sure. So, uh, yeah, I put everything in storage and then uh, tried to... Uh, uh, you know, I, I was going to take a flight to Ghana. Problem is this. Now, given the current circumstances, I'm not taking any chances. I'm going to get a visa first. Uh, but to do that, I've got to get the Ghanaian embassy in the U S to actually give me that visa. Now the problem isn't a legal one. The problem is as I did not yet know, but later come to, uh, came to know very well, is that things in Ghana don't work at a, at a developed world kind of pace. So um, yeah, uh, I ended up uh, spending a lot of time on the phone with the embassy in New York, trying to get things to happen. And this, I heard a phrase that I came to be quite uh, well acquainted with, which was, oh, it's coming. This is a phrase that would play out for a number of years for me.
0: <laughs> when, when I when I lived in Qatar and we had to deal with the same kind of thing, it was the exact same thing. It's, uh, mashallah, you know, in God's hands. It's like, uh, I, it, like we were at the airport twice and our visas were expired because me management worked for part of the royal family who had one guy who did nothing except the visas for their employees, and one time we got to the airport. And all the flights back were always at 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning. And we get detained. We get pulled to the side. Our visas weren't overextended. They were overextended by like six months. The guy who handles this showed up. He handled it. He came with a briefcase of money. I mean, it was something out of a cartoon because it was like 100 real, which is about $33 per person, per day, so that was, you know, for the two boys management now. It's like 120 bucks per day, and we were like 200 days over. <laughs> a, a year and a half later, and, and that guy kept saying, Mashala, Mashala, everywhere you go, people would say, oh yeah, Marshall." it's like, no, you know, so nonchalant, like the big, huge government SUVs had to come and take us back to the compound, all this stuff. A year and a half later, we go through the same thing, but this time the visas were so expired, they couldn't pay the fine at the airport. Anything over 10,000 riyal you had to do with the city. And we had to wait like 3 days to get the appointment. And it's like you know, it's like yeah, mashaallah. Mashaallah, you know. It's like he's pleading out. Ah, oh, mashaallah, it's in God's hands.
1: You know? So
0: yeah. I, I understand your plight.
1: Yeah, and in Ghana actually they they would say inshallah, which is inshallah. Uh, Thank uh, you. I, I'm
2: um... sorry, inshallah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and 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 I Kama understand... Sutra <laughs> There we you go. Complete
3: me. <laughs> I'm gonna do the and, chupacabra a lot too. Now,
1: anyway.
2: No, you just did. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. I think Jock's is about to choke. <laughs>
3: Doka chicken. Hi-oh. Oh.
1: So uh, so inshallah, uh, you know, if God allows or in God's hands or something like this. And of course, the thing that's going through my head is, do you think you, you know, uh, God could help you get the passport back into my hands? Uh, <laughs> so uh, they, they they, did. They actually sent the visa back to me and they got my passport back to me uh, 24 hours too late. So I missed yet another flight. <laughs> And so, um, uh, so uh, yeah, the people in Sweden slash Ghana were not real happy about that. So uh, we had to schedule yet another flight. and uh, But eventually I made this one. So made my way to Ghana. And that was the beginning of a whole new chapter of my life.
0: So I would talk to Hafen. I was. I, am I the only person in Los Angeles? Because uh, your mom's not there at, at this point. Your mom's retired. She moved to the southeast of the U.S. You know, because it's cheaper cost of living. Yeah, that's it. Heyford, take it all off. Um,
1: my mom is that a giant shirt? It's an Alabama, Alabama Crimson Tide jersey. Roll,
0: Roll tide. tide.
1: Roll Tide. <laughs>
0: And so uh, I I don't know anyways so so your mom your mom is retired she's on the other side. Am I the only person from the Los Angeles the hockey world that is in contact with you on a regular basis at this point?
1: Yes yes I believe that yeah yes okay that's true
0: And so I would be talking to Hafen and again he the power in Ghana sometimes we would be on a Skype call. And it would just, it would just end, it would just end, and I couldn't get him for several days. Completely plausible. Again, completely the power grid is unstable. Um, uh, a couple things about your time there, and off and on, you you would go back and forth to Sweden on a regular basis. You at this point, one point you get an apartment in Sweden. I want you to clarify that timeline. I want to establish, in the four or five years you were working, I'm not going to ask you. The number of friends you made. But how many countries do you think there are women now who, somewhere in their collection, have one of your shirts? I'm going (laughs) to say, I'm going to say at one point, because. The way the world works and having worked with the military and stuff, like people cycle in and out of jobs. It's like, you know, you do these deployments for nine months here. So he was dealing with all these international people there for different international jobs, for government jobs from different countries. And then they would cycle out. They would be there for six months, be home for six months. And I remember at one point, Hafen being afraid to leave his apartment because there was two different groups who are never in Ghana at the same time, in Ghana at the same time. Same time, and he did not want to run the risk of running into any one of several people in town from a conference from about nine different countries. He, uh his little UN. You what, know. So let's,
3: let's, look, look, this is a whole lot of. Ex- Go ahead. Name us something. Name us the countries. St- stry,
1: try naming the countries of, of of women who's who still have some of my shirts. Country of <laughs> origin of women you
3: have may have been involved. Friendly with. with. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we got got, got France. I'll make this easy.
2: I'll make this easy. There's a song that's done on Animaniacs called Countries of the World, and (laughs) the character just goes through the entire list and sings it, you know, A to Z. So let's just play that now. (laughs) And here we go.
3: All right.
0: Actually, wait, wait. Would it be easier to name the countries you didn't have relations with a woman from?
3: (laughs) Well, how about this? Why don't we go around and then We'll we'll do three or four rounds of this. Each of us will name a country, and you tell us yes or no. (laughs) So I'm going to start. I'm going to start off with Spain. No. Wow. All right. Game over. Right off the bat,
0: Germany.
1: No. Wow.
3: Um, East Germany. (laughs) (laughs) East Germany. Italy. No. Wow. Okay. Okay. Finland.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, Portugal, 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 Portugal,
0: Portugal. Yeah, yeah Joe, Portugal, you yeah. got Portugal. No. Oh, wow. Uh, Ireland. Ooh, yes.
2: Uh, <laughs> Northern, Ooh, Ireland. yes. <laughs>
3: Northern
2: Ireland. <laughs> Northern Ireland? It's <laughs> a completely different question. Northern Ireland.
1: <laughs> no.
0: Uh, 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 England.
1: No. How about Austria? Yes. Oh. (laughs) Denmark. Almost.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Norway.
1: Almost. Yes way. (laughs) Yes way. Yes
4: way.
0: But well, I, I would. I'd, I'd be talking to Hafen and it's, he'd be like, oh, yeah, no, uh, next week I can't talk. We got this thing coming up here, there. Uh, the power's going to. So, again, the one person he had contact with from the last 20 years of his life, he had these plausible reasons why we couldn't be talking.
1: <laughs> uh- yes. Well, it turns out that, you know, infrastructure in the de- in the developing world isn't exactly uh the same as uh, in the us
0: one thing uh, I remember about Haifen saying is like and, and and I again I saw this in Qatar a lot people lived like 50-50 chance the sun comes up tomorrow
1: oh yes oh yes uh uh actually you're giving them too much credit that means they think as far ahead as tomorrow uh, oh. i I have seen things oh my goodness uh there was I recall this, this really kind of Gives a sense of what it's like. Uh, People, people there are 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 very much in the moment, right? And I mean, they are spontaneous, which of course makes them fun uh, because they are living in the now. And so, but it also has some (laughs) some downsides. Let's (laughs) add these consequences. So, for example. I don't think in the US or in Europe, I would ever drive down the highway and see a pickup truck loaded with mattresses, one on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other, stacked out beyond the top of the the, the, uh, the bed, the, the, the cab, seat, the cab, even yeah, even the top of the cab. No, 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 no. These go way, way, way above. And not only that. The, the, the truck is driving down the road at full highway speeds, and I've had some experience with things going awry in this kind of circumstance on my own. Different story. Uh, but uh, but literally, these mattresses,
0: they're- I remember they're... moving a mattress with you. I remember now that you say that we moved a mattress. Okay, go on.
1: Yeah. Up up those many flights of stairs on the side of the hill. Yes, that's and then correct. In the car, then strapping it to your tiny car. <laughs> <laughs> Did we do that? Yeah. Go go ahead. Sorry. So so, but these mattresses they're piled up, and the thing is, they're not piled up the way we would do it, which is one directly on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other, and really tied down. These things, it, they're they're like kind of favoring the left side of the vehicle. So the the higher they get, the further left these mattresses are going to the point that the vehicle is starting to mm, tilt to the left. I mean, you start to ask yourself, is that thing driving on four wheels or two? Uh-huh. And so here they are going down the highway at full highway speed. You're thinking, yeah, no. What could go wrong here? What could go wrong here? Hey, I, Joe, I, I Joe What's follow- going through your
2: head? What's going through your head right now, Joe? Well, right now, my question is, uh, Hayfn, question. Uh, more mattresses on that truck or countries you visited? <laughs> see, see, before you answer the question, this is what I thought was going through your
0: head, Joe. <laughs> 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 and, and my follow-up question to that is, could you feel the pee on the bottom mattress when you laid on it, Hayford? Were, were, were you a true queen that you could feel the pee on the bottom mattress?
1: So for those who are listening, uh, what Jacques is referring to, first of all, he's referring to the first, the the theme song to Sanford and Sons, which is about a a father-son who used to run like a trash, uh, (laughs) uh, but it's a little 70s uh, 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 television trivia. Second thing Jacques is referring to is the fact that I'm a little bit sensitive when it comes to mattresses and um, uh, say uh, things that Maybe aren't so good about them, and and so specifically he's referring to, of course, the old fable, the the princess and the pea. I'm going to leave that uh, to, to the, that story uh, to to know what that is about to the uh, listeners at home. I
2: think there was a pea on the bottom of those mattresses, and that's what <laughs> was keeping it balanced from that truck over. I, It was a I'll low be bearing pea.
3: I, you know, because I was imagining a pile of uh, used mattresses, and I thought was talking. I thought you were talking about urine on a mattress. Yeah, <laughs> I went, some were completely different. So,
0: and and to, you know, just to throw and a. And I little... thought like
3: Hafen hey, was sensitive about people peeing in the mattress before he used it in an hotel room or something. <laughs> so
0: no, 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 yeah, but... no, no, no.
1: I'm totally fine with people. That's cool. In the mattress.
3: So,
0: <laughs> so, uh, just a sidebar, a little bit. Uh, Hafen had a a legal kerfuffle with a mattress company once that. Once again, uh, a good friend of ours put on the, the, the tights and cape and flew into the rescue. Leave the last ass off for suing. <laughs> <laughs> and Hafen traveled with a pillow. There has been times in Hafen's life where I know he was borderline going hungry, but yet had a pillow more expensive than cars I've bought new. <laughs> you know? and, and again, correct me if I'm amiss. <laughs>
1: Well, that's that's not saying much for the value of the cars you've owned, John. But yeah, that's true. But I remember picking him up at the
0: airport once. I think he had like, like a couple pieces of clothes and, 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 and like. A, a trash. Oh, this has got to be you. And, and, a, and a paper bag. But really expensive noise-canceling headphones in his pillow. And, and we had we had just had Grayson. And he's staying with us. And Grayson was not a bad baby for far crying at night. But one night, it was like, he, you know, it wasn't a great night. And in the morning, because we lived in a, a really sweet loft in, in Hafen Hat, we had a queen-size mattress downstairs. And I apologized to Hafen. And he looked at me with the Glover guy who got a solid 10 hours of sleep. And he Pointed to his noise canceling headphones and his pillow and goes, I didn't hear a thing.
3: <laughs> so is this why Mike Lindell's going bankrupt? Because Hafen doesn't live in the US anymore. <laughs> no, uh, and Mike Lindell's the guy he sued. So
0: anyways, that's oh. a different story. So you're now when did you get your first apartment in Sweden?
1: Yeah, so you, you did kind of get the, the you got the timeline a bit shuffled uh, earlier. Um so yeah, I spent I spent two and a half years in in Ghana in total. And, uh, and I wasn't going back and forth, believe me, I wasn't going back and forth. Uh, Yeah. When you go to Ghana, people say, expats say that, you know, yeah, Ghana's great. It's fantastic. Uh, a lot of great things about it's charming, but you've got to get out every three to six months because you know, while, while things, uh, yeah, there's no stress in Ghana. I mean, things move slowly. Everybody's living in the moment. The problem is, us expats usually have deadlines, and there's things we need to see accomplished, especially if we're working down there. So there may be no stress, but uh, there's a ton of frustration. <laughs> so eventually, you got to get out to kind of uh, uh, reset the, the the system and just you know uh, uh, go back to some sense of normalcy for a, a short period. But I didn't have that luxury. I was working with a startup. We were like really working on a shoestring budget. And actually that's being kind. Um, but um, I can tell you stories where we literally didn't have money for food the next day.
2: I was going to say, was, was the budget literally shoestrings? Is that the <laughs> currency that was being yeah. used?
1: And, and, and other baubles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so- we will pay you Tuesday for a shoestring today. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Uh, so um, where was I? Um, so you know, I, I wanted to know w-
0: when you got your first – because it's important for the timeline when you got your first apartment in, in Sweden, your apartment, like right. under your name.
1: Right. Or whatever so,
0: name you were using.
1: Okay. So I remember. Uh, so uh, I was there two and a half years, only got out one time for like 10 days. That was it. So two and a half years later, I – moved to sweden and uh so that's uh, it took a couple of months but i eventually got my own apartment um it's a uh, 2013 if that helps you at all
0: <laughs> no it does because with your citizenship which we can talk about you are a swedish citizen do you have dual citizenship i do because i remember the reason i thought you had gone to sweden first is Technically, you had residency in Sweden, which is why the clock of your eight years of having to live in Sweden or be a resident of Sweden counted while you were in Ghana. That's why I thought the clock had started ticking towards your Swedish citizenship.
1: Oh Jacques, there are just so many, so many things in that statement that are so wonderfully wrong. Okay.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing new. Shocker. Absolutely nothing Shocker. new.
1: <laughs> So the way, the way that it works is that when, when, if you apply for uh, a work permit residency, that includes a work permit uh, at least at the time that I was doing this, uh, you could apply for up to two years at a time. And so you could apply for two years. You could get in uh, when that what's that. Uh,
4: no,
1: just oh, no. Right. So uh, two years, then you'd have to reapply. You could apply for another two years. And then you could apply for yet one more year at that point you became eligible for after five years you became eligible actually after four years you become eligible for permanent residency but it's at five years where you're eligible for citizenship okay the problem okay. is you do have to spend five years in the country and uh i was i was at that point once i had moved to sweden going back and forth occasionally to uh to ghana but i also had a French girlfriend living in France. And so I was spending uh, almost as much time in France as I was in Sweden. And well, that can slow down your your uh, citizenship plans by uh, a little bit.
0: Was it worth it?
1: <laughs> oh. Uh,
0: That's a yes. So uh, at one point, so management, so in 2017, And 27. So we went to Qatar in 2014 In 2017. The boys and I came back to the States in May and management's contract was up and the end of June, beginning of July. And so the whole idea is the boys and I would come back. We would put them in school for the last six, seven weeks of school so they could get their feet wet. They had never been to school, a real school. Like when we lived over there, we had a private tutor and all that stuff. So it was like put them in school. And I remember it's like the second to last day, third to last day of school. And it was funny because when I went to register them, they're like, Oh, you register for next year? It's like, nope now. They're like the last six, seven weeks of school. It's like, yep. Management calls from the car. She goes, Okay, Jacques, they want me to stay through the new year. They want to extend for six months. They're going to Europe all summer. They want you and the boys to come. And we're and I'm like uh yeah you know so the boys and i like two weeks later were in france and that that's the last time i physically saw you i think that was in the summer of 2017 because no,
1: 2016
0: 20 that was 2016 yeah right okay 14 15 right 2016 is when we came back we got this house in 17 okay sorry about that so yeah so it was 2016 the boys and i came back in may uh we went back Right to France, and they were in Nice. They based in Nice, and I cannot remember where our friend Orly lived, but she lived on the – she lived like two hours away on the train, and I believe that's where we met you. We didn't meet you in Nice. We met you in the south of France, but like two hours east of by train. I can't
1: remember. It might have been Cannes.
0: Yes. Or, no, no. Cans, niece and Cans is where we were based, but Orly was with us. So I think that's where we had gone to the other side and you came down with your girlfriend for the day. I, I, that's the last picture I have. That's the last time I have physically seen you is 2016, which is just weird. And, and that was one of those great eye opening things for the boys. The oldest one at the time is nine. And he's like, he really got a sense. It's like, oh. Like all of our friends travel. And this is like like when we would come home and we see the cousins and stuff who, you know, going from, you know, Boston to the White Mountains of New Hampshire was a big excursion. It's like here. No, no. People just jump on a train and, oh, I'll go from Sweden. Oh, you're only a four-hour train ride away. Of course I'll come see you. Oh, you're just, oh, I'll just ride through the tube and I'll be there in two hours and I'll see you type the world that they grew up in and stuff that they miss so much. So yeah. So that was that girlfriend, but then you had a different French girlfriend, I think a couple years later when you were living in Sweden, you had a different girlfriend who would come. That's the same one. Okay.
1: No, no. no. Yeah. That's the only one that I had that, uh, uh, would come to Sweden. I would go to France and, you know, whatever, uh, we'd go back and forth, but I spent a lot of time, uh, probably a lot more time there than she did in Sweden.
0: And, uh, Okay, so that so then you you worked for this you came back to this company, but then you started working for other companies. When did you become a Swedish citizen?
1: Twenty nineteen. It it took me it so I, I mentioned it it's like five years that is required. Uh, it took me about six six and a half something like that. Um, because I I kind of had to de- deduct all that time that I spent in France. So oh, yeah, twenty nineteen.
0: And so now. Sweden is home. Like like you, you come home once a year, but you stay with your mom down in the south. And basically, even when you come back, you're still kind of off the grid. The, like you just decompress. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to talk to anybody. You just want to stay in your room at your mom's. Am I being mean? I, I don't want to sound like I'm being mean. But in your mom's trailer, your mom has a double wide? Uh,
1: yeah, a double wide mobile home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> There's a. I, I know it's a splitting hairs for some people,
3: but. uh no, no. I think there's a huge difference between what you know, what, yeah. I the mean, the, front. the No, All we're right,
0: the right. people's front of jail. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yes,
1: you're right. Well, cut out again.
2: Oh, we lost you. H- hit the reset button. We can't hear you.
1: Hey.
0: Hey. Oh, we can't we, hear you. Hit the reset button, Hey. Again, like to point out that haven is an it guy <laughs>
3: apparently hey, uh apparently uh back. being surveilled by mom and the you know the right, right. <laughs> yeah right big yeah, just geez, coming off right here to yeah <laughs> mom Sometimes, you want to stop this recording right yeah
1: you know when some people want to silence you uh apparently somebody's got something against alabama and by the way roll tide you know it's um,
0: funny because uh you know, Hafen has always been eccentric and I remember the first time skyping with Hafen where we're talking I'm like dude, I can't see you. This is before computers had cameras and you had to have a webcam. And Hafen always kept tape over his camera. And 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 he was like, you know, one of these conspiracy guys, it's like, "Oh, if 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 if, if the if the camera is attached digitally blah blah blah, they can hack it." And I'm like, "Okay, fine, Hafen." And then the Snowden thing comes out and it's like, "Oh, Right. He does know what he's talking about. And it's funny because, yeah, because when you travel like this, I remember I remember saying to my again, my stepdad and, and, you know, a a world renowned physicist worked in the, you know, the military industrial complex his whole life. And I said to him at one point that it's weird that no one has questioned why his son, who never had a passport before his wife got this job in the Middle East, is all the time, getting on and off two weeks here, two weeks there. Going to the Middle East, coming back. Going to the Middle East, coming back. It's like, I wonder if that raises a red flag. And my dad, without blinking, goes. They know what's going on <laughs> and i'm like and that he didn't elaborate he's like yeah a, a, anything they could ask you they've already figured out you know so uh so when you used to tape the camera i used to think oh yeah okay haven's being a little dramatic no and then you see all that stuff come out and then you see the jason Bourne movies and stuff like that and you're like oh that that is a real thing uh, so, what is the plan now, what, what What is what is the Haifen coming back, doing this, settled in? What's the next phase of life for you?
1: Well, okay, if if you're asking about, say, the U.S., right? Uh, uh, first, I'll, uh, I'll I'll throw in a quick story about Ghana um, to to set the stage. Get to uh, the infantiles.
2: Oh, sorry, my, my bad. <laughs> to the infantiles. Never mind. <laughs> Oh Christ! Why do I have to auto-correct Jacques in every fucking podcast?
4: <laughs> it's like
2: because uh, I'm a moron. <laughs> <laughs> You're no rocket scientist, that's for sure. Go, go ahead, Hafe.
1: So, uh, so uh, while I did live in Ghana, they had an election down there, and uh,
0: did you yeah. win? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I won! I I I, I uh, won all right because I got to spend five days at a at a at a beach resort. Nice. Uh, and, and the reason is, of course, that um, the company was a little concerned that, you know, maybe if the election didn't go well, there could be an outbreak of violence or something like that. I can't so, believe
3: things like that would happen in a cut, you know, in, in countries. That's insane. No.
1: It is what? insane. So uh, uh, and of course, uh, I, I happily uh, went along with this. Oh, oh, you want me? OK, fine. As a team player, I will go spend a week at a beach resort. Fine. So I did that. But you know, the funny thing is, is I, at that time, I didn't, I knew something could happen, but didn't think it would, but I certainly didn't imagine that, oh, in the US something like this could ever happen. Um, but as we've seen, you know, something like this did happen. And, and the thing what? is- No. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been watching and I see things a little differently as a person who's been an expat since uh, 2010, I have noticed every time I come back, for me, everything is sped up because it's like uh, when a stop frame camera, right? You get a little picture here, a picture there, a picture there. And when you see it the way that I do coming back just once a year, um, you see much more easily how things have changed since the year before. And in the time that I've been going back to the US, I have seen a dramatic change in, in the environment there, particularly, of course, the, the political environment. And I know I know everybody's aware of it at this point, but I started noticing it before people started talking about it in the US. And, and the thing is, is I just think to myself, when I go back, this is really not a pleasant environment to be in. And I'm here in Sweden now, and sure things aren't necessarily uh, uh, super, easy and simple here either. There is contention there, there, you know, a lot of things are happening here and in Europe with populists, you know, and right-wing uh, uh, political organizations becoming more popular. Um, there is a lot of what has happened in the U.S. beginning to happen here, but at the same time, it's still much uh, a much more pleasant environment to be in at this point than, than it is in the U.S. And to be honest, I, I mean, um, here things are a little bit easier. We have we have healthcare. You know, it's it's a no brainer for me. But 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 you're talking no 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 oh, no.
2: Okay. There health care? Huh? <laughs> That's like chocolate and peanut butter. I didn't know that they could you know mix together like that. like like have... if
0: if you get your hand caught in the toaster and you got to go to the ER, you go to the ER right? That's the healthcare thing. If something goes wrong, you go to the ER and they fix that, and then you give them your house. That's that's how
4: it works, right? <laughs>
2: house, <laughs> you own a house, okay? Okay, I'm learning all these things. People own houses and have health care. Okay, great, great. It's a whole new world out there. But go on.
0: No, it's funny because like Biff and I have talked about this, and you know, I, I, look, do do Joe and I love the co- do Joe Haven and I love the country we we grew up in and that Joe and I live in and call home. Yes, of course, but it's horrible because Joe said this about three years ago. And he got really upset that he felt this way, uh, but he saw an American flag like on somebody's truck uh, uh, and he's like, fuck you. Like, literally, it, it's become because it's got corrupted. It's become like that thing. And and it's true. And then living abroad was such an eye opener for me. And people were shocked when they're like, oh, what was it like living in Qatar? Like like assuming that it was it's technically third world developing. But I tell you, I never felt safer. Like, like there aren't guns everywhere. And so when my wife got the job there to get a job there and I won't go down the rabbit hole of immigration, but she had to get a CT scan like for tuberculosis. She had to get fingerprinted. She had to get retina scans. She had to give blood like for so many reasons. But nobody's come. the only people went to Qatar is to take the same job they had in Sweden and Germany and the U S but make three times as much money because they were, they were trying to develop, they were trying to develop 50 years inside 10 and getting ready for the world cup. So the overpaid for doctors for every, every, but to come and work there, they knew who was coming there. They knew all. And my wife and us, we were like, fine. You know, we were all that said, if I had to run into like, their version of like, like a CVS or their version of like, you know, a seven 11. I had no problem leaving the boys in the car. Right. I didn't with the car running in the AC on, nobody was going to steal the car. Nobody was. I mean, I could not explain to people how different I felt about world travel, about living, about, and, and almost everybody I met was a, Expat for life, like whether they were from Canada or wherever, they all lived the expat thing. And there was a bunch of engineers on our compound who 10 years earlier had been in uh, uh, Abu Dhabi and then moved to Kuwait. And now the jobs are here, like every three to four, three to five years he would take with no plans on going back until it's time to retire you know, sort of speak, but so it doesn't mean we don't love where we live. But in a heartbeat, if either management or I
2: got a job, we'd be gone tomorrow for so many reasons because
1: okay, of the so, travel. So we're,
3: let's, kind of, we're kind of going. Yeah, yeah. I
2: was going to say, let's get back to Sweden. So, Hafen. Uh, first of all, can you can we still hear you? And you can still hear yes. us, correct? Okay. Yeah. Um, secondly, so you have healthcare in Sweden, which is great. So. Uh, when were you uh, first able to purchase your gun at a 7-eleven uh, in sweden <laughs> i, I want to know how easy it is because if you can get healthcare care easy in sweden guns must be like in every store right
1: yeah maybe not oh um, hmm. it's uh it's not so easy here and i and the thing is is i have a friend who um who is a gun enthusiast now he's not the the texan gun enthusiast uh but uh i mean he he actually he hunts and and here they're they have an you know, a, a problem with too many moose up north. And so he'll go up there, you know, once or twice a year and he goes hunting with some people and uh, and uh, it, it serves a purpose. Um, so uh, I would go
0: moose hunting at
2: Fitchburg in college. Completely different thing. <laughs> Hi-oh.
1: I'm afraid to ask. Um, <laughs> Probably but, has to do
2: with women. Anyways, go on.
0: Yeah, of course. <laughs> and what that meant is you would go up to the pretty girl and hit on her friend. Uh, that's anyways
2: oh man i'm so glad we're back in the 90s man you can just say anything and do anything anyways you were saying but yeah you have a gun enthusiast uh friend
1: yeah and uh and the thing is is that uh you know of course then i hear all his stories and and what he's had to do what he has to go through in order to to own these guns and, and keep owning these guns and it's not simple and it's not easy and there is a, a an element of responsibility that exists here. I think that doesn't necessarily exist, uh, let's say, in all places in the U.S. How many so,
2: automatic rifles are are handed out on an annual basis in Sweden?
1: Uh, handed out? I, I'm not sure there are any. Do, do the
2: kids go through <laughs> yeah. metal detectors to get into kindergarten?
1: Um, well. n- none of my children. Oh wait, I don't so, have any. Yeah, uh, yeah. You don't know uh, me that, Hank. Hey, you,
3: you don't know let, that. Let me, uh, let me ask you quickly about the guns, because like one of the things like in Japan, people own guns in Japan, but uh, similar, similar reasons. But there, one of the things that's required is an annual uh, mental health exam to be recertified to, you know, maintain your gun ownership in Japan. So is there stuff like that?
1: Well, that just sounds sensible. I mean, like, oh, what, what are they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I don't know all the requirements at this point. I mean, I, 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 um, I just know that I've heard my friend uh, go on and on about many of the requirements. Uh, you know, at some point when you hear these stories long enough, you start to tune <laughs> them out. Uh, Christopher, please uh, forget that statement. But um, <laughs> no, yeah. but, but it's but, uh, interesting but
0: because it's- because like you said, it's all sensible and and because Biff and I have talked about this in Canada, the the gun. The, the, the percentage of guns towards the population is greater than the U S which is hard to believe. But again, it's, it's, it's harder to get a gun. It's, it's, and, and, and me, I would never touch a gun. It's not my thing, but I completely get the need for certain places. I'm a vegetarian who has nothing wrong with hunting or fishing. So I get that, but it's gotta be just different where, what, what other things about Sweden, are, are that much different than the U.S. that you're like, why doesn't the U.S. do this?
1: <laughs> well, uh, Sweden is a very highly organized society. Uh, it's everything works wonderfully here. Uh, once you know the system <laughs> and and there, believe me, there are a lot of people who are not telling you what that system is. Uh, so it takes a little time to adjust and. It's one of the one of the pains about first coming here but once you once you get the system it actually is pretty logical and a lot of things make a lot of sense uh, it's efficient so things are actually quite easy filing taxes fairly easy uh, uh even going into a store to buy something fairly easy because you know you uh you go to if you want to go to the pharmacy and buy something oh you you go you hit this button a ticket comes out now you're in line you don't have to stand there but, uh, but I mean, there's just all these different systems for everything. Um, that's something that it's kind of nice once you know it. Um,
2: what's, what's the uh, immigration status ooh, to Sweden?
1: That's one. Yeah, that's, that's a little more difficult because Sweden has actually been quite liberal with its immigration and which in and of itself doesn't have to be a problem. But the problem, where the problem comes in is that they didn't have a plan for how to integrate people into Swedish society. And so, you know, this has been going on for some time. And now, actually, they're starting to see that there are some problems that come when you have large populations of people who have moved here from difficult places that haven't been integrated in society. And, uh, yeah, so that's actually a, a big, a big point. I would say the largest point of contention in Swedish society today. It, it, uh a lot of tension there.
2: Probably a big, a big wedge issue with the conservative sects of politics.
1: So very much. You
2: you you speak French. Do you speak any other languages other than Wait, English? So before we go there, French? before we
3: go there, I don't want to stick in the U.S. versus Sweden thing. Okay. Right? So let me ask you:
2: Is are you still over in nineteen eighty, like the nineteen eighty Olympics? Are they, they're still <laughs> holding a grudge against the U.S. Uh,
3: what what is something that maybe two or three things that you actually miss? about the U.S. or being in the U.S. or whatever. What are, you know, what is, it, is it Mexican food? Because that's what I missed when I was in Japan. So what are things that, you know, you wish you could get or do in Sweden that you, that you could do in the U.S.?
1: Um, okay, uh, yes, Mexican food, uh, margaritas at uh, Mexican restaurants, uh, graham crackers, um, oh, Thanksgiving. Oh boy, Halloween house parties um yes people looking you in the eye and smiling i miss that Uh,
0: people aren't friendly and happy there
1: oh people are very friendly and very happy but not until you take a sledgehammer and break through the ice wall that exists between them and everybody else in society once you do that it's smooth sailing so you need, it's almost like you need an introduction. You'll never get invited to a house party unless you're a friend of a friend. And then suddenly, different story entirely. And people are amazing and wonderful and friendly. And yeah. Now,
0: what I was asking about the languages, you speak 300 computer languages. You know, you know you, more, more computer languages than C3PO, I think. But you only speak English and French, France, French and English. Your Sweden isn't great. Is that a problem? Is it learn the well, language type of attitude?
1: First of all, let me stop you there. My French girlfriend would certainly not say that uh, I uh, speak French, but um, well, uh, well,
0: when you the only term you know is menage a trois. Eh? <laughs> you know? He knows the language of love.
1: <laughs> yeah, I tried to tell her that. That didn't go. That didn't really work. But, but, honey, I know the language of love.
2: <laughs> That's not a language, idiot.
1: <laughs> but i should be clear that was my ex-girlfriend uh but yes <laughs> the first girlfriend that i did once upon a time have um but uh
0: you wouldn't yeah. know if she lives in france man <laughs> 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 i'm stupid uh um, so, so so but is that is that a learn the language type of attitude there
1: well not when i first got here but as years pass, that kind of starts happening uh, amongst the circle of people uh, that uh, one knows. Yeah, so um, I, um, I, I for for a number of years, I, I when I was here, I like I said, I, I had a French girlfriend. She's living in France. I was spending half my time in France. I at first tried to learn both languages at once. It totally did not work. I tried to speak French, Swedish would come out. I tried to speak Swedish, French would come out. And that was not usually highly appreciated. So I gave up, I, I decided I, I, I had to choose one. And so it made more sense, well, to, to work on French at the time. So I did that. Um, but since then, I've, I've tried to start working a bit more on my Swedish. and um, But there are a lot of people here that are unsatisfied with my efforts. <laughs> <laughs> and so it came to pass uh, this, actu- this, this past summer, in fact, uh, I showed up um, at a gathering of a circle of friends and we were out in public. And uh, waiting for me was a, 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 a beer, a, a seat, and a big sign that said Prater med me på svenska, which means speak with me in Swedish. And so, <laughs> This sign, it was on, it was literally, it was a homemade do-it-yourself sign that's, you know, um, I'd say uh, um, uh, two meters tall, but for Americans, I'll say uh, six and a half feet or so.
0: Wow. The width or a goal. Oh, bigger than the width of a goal. A width of a goal is only six feet. It's
2: like a picket st- It's like a picket uh sign.
0: Well well yeah. I like I th- I think a goal is only the width is only six
2: feet. Biff insists it's twelve, but that's a different story. It's the size of a womp rat. Um, <laughs> they're only about two meters wide. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Star, so Wars
0: second
1: Star Wars reference number two. <laughs> Got it. So, so um yeah so uh, so so then um we uh we spent the night we, we went to a few different places and we ended up in uh this one place uh that is uh called pub anchor and it's kind of a, a dive bar or or the stockholm's version of such and uh but it's pretty great too because you get a real a, a mix of people there and uh both both people who are uh locals and people who are uh foreigners but the thing is it's a big room and this sign where I was in the middle stood above the whole crowd. And so it would just suck people in <laughs> going, what is the, what's the deal with this sign? So everybody would come up yeah. and start talking with me in Swedish. Um, now, uh, I mean, I, I, I tried really hard and, uh, and it, it, was, it was, took a lot of effort, but I, I, I managed to muddle my way through that evening um how long and, ago
0: was this how long ago Last so this, week, was right?
1: in summer. this was in oh. june i believe okay so but yes to, to answer your question that's just a, a part of the answer it's uh yeah people are getting frustrated here with me not speaking swedish and uh is you know, it because the... you're a citizen
3: what's that is it because of your citizenship or like you expect to be a swede if you're a swedish citizen you should be speaking swedish whereas before you were a visitor or well I think, I think
1: I think people, you know, in, in the end, in, inevitably just want to speak with what they're comfortable with, right? And so, if you know people really well, in time, they you, you you get past all of the the niceties of being kind of new or whatever, and at some point, they finally go, "Okay, dude, look, you just got to do this."
3: <laughs> well, well, the reason why I ask is because, like, you know, you know, it's certainly in in Asian countries, it's very common where they have different expectations of you in the in your ability to speak the language depending on you know kind of your status kind of a thing so i was wondering if that changed for you when you were no longer this dude visiting and doing work from uh, from the us right so that's yeah. what i was wondering
1: it 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 um it partly has to do with how long that i've been here uh and and that's i, I mean i understand that of course uh that makes sense uh but it's 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 really funny, it's also, you know, you you have this experience here that when you as a native English speaker come to Sweden, people actually want to talk to you in English. It's it's an opportunity to practice their English. But when that stops is when they're not new to you, you're not new to them. And now they want to, you know, you're good friends. And now they want to speak with the same nuance that they can with all their other friends.
0: When we moved to Qatar, originally we were going to be there for 8 years that that was a deal that we made uh then then her mom got sick um we had all intentions of the boys learning arabic and i can't learn a language you hear how i do with english my my dyslexia is that bad i tried i tried really hard in high school to learn french i tried really hard in college I, you know my our friend john you know fluent german he actually uh, on his hours off goes to the German translation place over at Apple and works with them just for fun. Cause he, he, he wants to keep his German. At the same time, his friends in Germany are always like, uh, John, let's speak English. Like you're German. He's good enough to do translation for Apple, but in Germany, they're like, please, John, it hurts. So I get that. But we wanted to learn Arabic, but nobody over there speaks it. Like even the girls that my wife went over to take care of just as we were leaving, they were like, Eight, seven, five and three, they were just starting to take Arabic classes and only because they're part of the royal family, but less and less Arabic people because everybody there, that was a common language. And when I played on the hockey team and it was literally like the U.N., there was two of everything, you know, two Swedes, two Finns, you know, a lot of Canadians, they were all, all like, oh, yeah our kids are learning where we're, we're Swedish. They know English, but they're working on Germany. Cause I work with a lot of German people, blah, blah. blah. And they kept saying, no, learn a language. Your kids are going to use once you leave here. Cause nobody stays here, you know? And so that was not, but again, and the same thing, it's like, you know, the different people that I grew up with, I had an Italian aunt who was half her family only spoke Italian. Cause they lived in an Italian community, you know, Joe's with, you know, his dad with Portuguese and, and, um, it's just different because where you go, there, there's pockets that never have – like didn't have to. Like when you would go through parts of Somerville uh, – well, I, my first article I wrote out of college was for uh, a paper out of the North End that that year was the first year in 120 years they ran it in English because it was always an Italian newspaper in the North End. And it had a distribution of like 25000 you know, I per issue. Bottom,
3: bottom line, right? You can go to any Chinatown in this country and you have that kind of going on, right? So. Right. And so
0: yeah. with you, Biff, if we went to, if we went to Japan, I, I, I transferred to Japan. How long before Japanese people expect me to be conversational
3: in Japanese or is it just not? Yeah, never. Oh, never. Only because you don't look Japanese. Okay. I mean, the, See, the, racist. The, the, that's a hundred percent. Japan is a, I tell you right, shocker! Japan's a racist country, uh, but I think part of it though is is that it, you know it kind of depends on like we, So if you're if you're there for a long time, why are you there for a long time, right? And so it, it you know your job might require to use Japanese, so there might be job expectations, but I think that's different than people expectations.
2: Hey Finn, have you ever thought of maybe getting like a software like Duolingo to learn Swedish or programming Pro- uh, <laughs> one for yourself? <laughs> you know, just just make a. <laughs>
1: A translation program. I've done both. <laughs> oh my god!
0: Of course you have. Of fuck, of course you have. Yeah, he just can't remember the logon, Joe. <laughs> you know, he can't remember his password yeah. to get back into the program. He wrote, uh, "No, because it's, it's it's always interesting." So, you know, I, I I do it in my routine. My mom, my mom, my mother-in-law spoke English, um, but her boyfriend when he when she moved in. He had been in this country for 30 years, spoke zero English. I mean, zero. And we ended up figuring out about a year in, and I'm not being sarcastic when I say this, we figured out a year in that he's illiterate in Korean. So, I mean, because we bought all these translation apps. We did all this stuff. And and
1: I – we. you could tell when he was reading the Korean papers upside down. You yeah, knew. yeah, that's part of the
0: bit. But I did. We, we this is before now my my, How can son, tell? my son's bed. Thank you.
3: Thank you.
4: Biff,
0: you know what? If you're going <laughs> to use sorry. my racist Asian <laughs> things. Wow, Japanese people credit.
3: really are racist. Uh, I'm is. so sorry. <laughs>
0: Fucking Biff. But so no, but but now so my son's best friend is from Brazil and it's great cuz his mom and dad are wonderful. Love them. But we communicate through texting and I just press when they send a text, it comes through in Portuguese and you just hold it and you get the translation. But before that, which is like two generations ago on the iPhone I bought and I'm talking, I spent like 20, $30 on these translation apps and not one, several. And every time I would say, Mr. Kim, do you understand this? And I would put the phone in his hand. He looked down at the phone as if I just picked up a piece of dog poop, steaming hot and put it on his hand. Like it was nothing. And we used to drive an hour to. After my mom, my mom-in-law lost the ability to speak, we would drive an hour to her sister-in-law's house so she could translate things with him, like basic things, because he didn't learn. And it's amazing that he could survive in this country, that he had a job, that he had a car, that he paid taxes. And and again, you know, it's part of my bit where I'm like, look, I don't speak any Wampanoag Navajo, so. But but <laughs> I, I think want- you, I
2: think you threw in a couple of slurs
0: in that. You know, Name well, or <laughs> yeah, that's how bad I am. That's how I can't. Even, but that's why I was wondering. It's like you're there. You're not coming back, right? You are not coming back. So you kind of have to learn, or you would think you would want to. I don't know.
1: Well, are you dating more- any Swedish women? Wait, wait.
2: Have you dated Swedish women? Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out, time out. Um, I saw uh, Hafen's message. Why don't we take a quick oh. one minute break so that Hafen can relieve himself?
4: now I'm we can always. talk some
2: real shit yeah. you gonna mark this down or
0: yep oh thank you uh and now wait if you don't say we're, anything... in a, we're
2: in hour three by the way
0: no we will we're, we're, we're oh, wrapping
2: yeah. up so biff you you know and we
0: won't talk about this but we did talk maybe a year ago when things were really bad not that they've gotten better That yeah you're not getting rid of your japanese citizenship i ever.
3: i, I, I I'll, look i'll say this um let's say 15 years ago i could not imagine myself you know, ever living in Japan at any point. And, you know, that has, over the last 15 years, that sentiment has, you know, really been changing quite a bit, you know. And where we're, I'm at a point where, like, you know, I I see stuff where say, you know, oh, I, you could get a house in this area for this much. And I'm thinking, you know, I, I start doing the, hmm.
2: Yeah, so, the math starts to line up like, wait a minute. No,
0: uh, I wish I could remember the country that Ellen's best friend is moving to. And it takes a couple of years to get there. Yeah. Uh, but she's a zoologist. She works at the Stoneham Sioux. and
3: Is she taking a she, canoe to get there or something. No, she
0: no. <laughs> her and her husband have gone there several times, but it's there's there's a thing. You have to have X amount of money in the bank to be able to immigrate there. And his mom passed away, left him a house, so they have enough money. Wow. They just have to wait like a year or a year and a half there, to get. There's
3: actually there's actually a lot of countries that are are giving away what they call retirement visas. So especially in like the Southeast, uh, including the Philippines. So where essentially if you immigrate there with a certain amount of money, or yeah. like this you know assured like income so like if you do your report retired bring us your tired
2: right bring us your retired and receive and savings account <laughs> right right <laughs> not so and, much the tired and poor yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. no because because we had
0: in in my my hockey circle of friends lots of people retired to Thailand because yes. like and I've talked to this one guy he's great he was from Arizona yeah. all this stuff you can live comfortably for 500. You can live it's, it's, it's really quick that. for seven fifty. So Tha-
3: Thailand, Indonesia, all those places. Yeah. Not only can you live comfortably in terms of you know what you put out, like you actually can get a place and you know have you know like you know have servants kind of things. Yes,
0: that's what he's talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. so I get it, but that's not this. So, so let's wrap it up pretty quick. Uh, hey, do you have have you dated any Swedish women though? <laughs> Like you've been in Sweden for eight, for 10 years now, you know, you've had French girlfriends and girlfriends from all over, or do you, you know, do you just not like blondes?
2: Any bikini team members that we can.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, uh, yes, I have dated uh, Swedish uh, women, but not since I've lived in Sweden.
2: <laughs> ah, see
1: they're you know, not exo-
2: they're
3: not exotic, so you know you know what's the point
1: <laughs> yeah no but but truthfully uh here here's the thing about living in a foreign country is that it can be it can be difficult, especially if you don't speak the language fluently to uh to break in and and you know easily integrate but but the Nordics are very difficult anyway because um it's a very people are very shy publicly. So they have very small social circles. There's like little social mobility. Uh, It's it's sometimes quite frustrating. I would say it is the single most difficult thing for expats who come to Sweden.
2: Do they have dating apps?
1: Yeah, they do, they do. It's a Swedish.
2: God damn it. He needs two phones so they can hold up the second one with Google Translate in
0: front of the juju. <laughs> uh, yes or no? The Swedish Chef is beloved and revered, or or or, or oh how, how 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 does that play out over there? And is the Swedish accurate?
1: Well, yeah, I mean he's he's always uh, I don't know uh, I think American- he's about as
2: accurate as Hayden's Hayden Swedish is. <laughs> well.
1: I think people have – I always hear people saying in, in the U.S. like, Borka, Borkka, Borka, Borka, the Swedish chef, right? He's actually saying Borta, 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 which means away, away, away. Ah. Uh, so it is uh, correct. Now,
0: um, how often do you mistake somebody for cosplaying as Thor and just being Swedish? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um uh, uh,
3: uh, to wrap it up we're getting to all the great questions <laughs> yeah,
2: any no. meatball questions we want to talk about or
3: is How- there IKEA things uh, do do the Swedes have to make create you know assemble their own IKEA or yeah of course
1: uh no but go ahead is all your
2: furniture from IKEA or <laughs> actually they have a big they have a big America store it's really weird over there <laughs>
3: They got a home goods store. they deliver
0: yeah. everything in an F-150 yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, okay, so we're gonna wrap it up. Now, over the last nine hours, uh, I've been slowly building a case and I truly believe Hafen is is a spy. I hold I you know I just I know he's a spy. I know for a fact he's a spy. I just don't know who he's spying for. That's that's the only thing we figured out when you go through the litany of the things if you were to start a spy agency and you're going to recruit somebody go down the checklist. Doesn't have any siblings, no real attachments back home, uh plausible reasons for the last almost 20 years to completely be off the grid, unreachable, completely plausible reasons why you can't get them by phone. You can't get them by email. You can't get them, uh, uh, you know, by FaceTime. Uh, The fact that you have all these crazy degrees and wide range of things. The fact that you speak so many computer languages, the fact that you are charming and you can charm your way into, you know, and, and or chow your way out of most things, except that thing at Heathrow Airport. But you know what? A blind squirrel is finds a nut now and then, um, you, you, know, you know, you're physical, you're athletic. You have all of these intangibles. Tell me, Biff, I'll ask you, what aspect of being a spy does Hafen not possess that you would say, oh, he kind not possibly be spy because of this. And I want to say, Hafen was in my first wedding. I absolutely love him like a brother. I've been the phone call when he's needed to make that one phone How call. How long is
3: this question re- – I mean, well, like, <laughs> But I don't know him. My whole
0: point is I, I really love this guy. I've known him almost 30 years now.
1: I don't know anything about him. <laughs> I can answer your question. Is The one thing that I have or I don't have that you know, I can't catch a pass on my backhand. Well, that's true. That's true. I was going to say hygiene, but okay. If you, ha- if you
0: had to play a game of hockey to get out of, you know, you know, Istanbul, you know, not Constantinople, uh, and you had to catch it. No, but seriously, all of these things, and maybe you can. You're smart enough. Like, you know, Bruce Wayne plays the, the you know, the aloof like drunken bachelor, he doesn't drink, he doesn't date women, you know. What I mean, so maybe you can, and maybe that was just oh fuck, I got to play it down a little bit. I got, I got, I got to dumb down this skill set. But you have a mechanical
3: engineering degree. I think, I, I think that's what we should do. I think we should just stop talking, okay, and then say maybe like three or four months down the line, we're going to assemble these things. Of here's why I think Hafen is a spy, and have a maybe a shorter knot. Two and a half hour sideshow about <laughs> that. All right, <laughs> oh, when I add this
0: down, it will only be two hours and twenty-eight minutes.
2: Don't worry, Bill. I was gonna I'll say get... this is a two-parter, but my question is yeah. uh, can you feel a strip an AR fifteen? Because I'm sure that a spy should be able to do so.
3: So yeah, so I think I think we should ask, you know, the, 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 like say each of us come up with like ten questions to that we could ask Hafen and then depending on how he answers or if he answers or you know, whatever, you know, we could make that determination then.
0: So we will table I it.
1: I could do another. I could do a three-parter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Enough about your love life, Haven. <laughs> no, actually, keep going because it was. I Every time I talk to you in Ghana, you're like, oh, yeah, this is happening. Oh, I can't leave because I didn't think she was going to be here for another two weeks. And this one was supposed to leave last week and she's still here. So I'm staying here for the next two days before one of them leaves. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. No, I, I bet you don't.
0: I bet I bet you don't. You know, it's the same thing. When when my boys ask questions, it's like, "Have you dated anybody before, Mama?" No, no. This, so
3: let's go, let's go the parting words and what are, how are we going to close this? So so, are you happy, Haifen?
1: Yeah. Yes, I am. I am. Are you healthy? Well, I I wasn't this week. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and- and to be honest, we got lucky because I thought when we set this up, um, you know, I, I lost my voice on Thursday. Mm. I I sounded like a, a, a two-pack-a-day chain smoker going through puberty.
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're
1: lucky that uh, I was even able to do this. But, but generally, am I healthy? Uh, mostly, yeah.
0: Uh, other than me, what do you miss most about Southern California specifically?
1: Southern California. Uh, 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 to be honest, F and H.
0: Yeah, that. I mean, w- all, I all, the, all the things that I miss. Truly, we love the theme parks. We love the weather. We love the beach. We love the weird restaurants that are open at three in the morning. But it will. It will always be home to me because of FNH. And as much as I'm connected to the core FNH guys who I love dearly and I get to do this with Biff on a regular basis, I talk to John all the time. I see All-Star Tommy. I'm close to the... Paul Ruger was just at my house last week for a visit. Uh, that's the one thing that I will always miss. And that time, that time from like 97 to about two, two, 2004, that chapter of my life is so ridiculous re- ridiculously awesome. Like when I start to tell these stories that we've told here tonight, it sounds like complete bullshit. And we basically scratched the surface. We didn't talk about. I'm not even going to go down the list, but but yeah, that's a whole other thing. But uh, but you are missed, Haven. I mean, you haven't. What, Biff, when's the last time you've seen him? Two thousand four. I mean, you know. Well, no, you come to it's visit two thousand six,
3: two thousand seven. Yeah, I, I around then. It. All right.
1: I played in one of the Beaver Cups. I know. I right. came, I think that night I came back down. Uh,
3: yeah, from- but but I mean I think I, I think I've seen you once after you went to Europe. When did you come back for F&H? once after you came back from Europe I thought.
1: I, you know what? It may have been one of the times maybe I I visited Jacques. Uh right. Yeah, that's possible. I, I think
3: you came over to FNH and at the time you were living in 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 Europe, so
0: and so, so we're talking at least 2009 ish type, something thing.
3: like that, I think. Yeah. And here,
0: here's a crazy thing, you know, Haven, and I experienced this myself this past summer. Um, I, I didn't skate FNH, but I went out to FNH to hang out with somebody, yeah. and I'm talking to the regular people, and there's somebody I don't know who's doing the handshakes in the parking lot, going, and he's like, "See you, Biff. See you, John. I didn't get a chance to talk to you. I'm Jacques. Bo see you, Jacques. She." Your shock, like
4: stopped <laughs> yeah. with the next person.
0: Hey, yeah, There are so many people who started F and decade <laughs> after you yeah. left who regale Hafen stories like they were in the world. It's like,
3: you know, Chris Holden stories, like same kind of thing. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I I mean, your legend is is, is honestly, it's, it it has far exceeded your skill level, but seriously, uh, there's a couple of people, like I said, who for a while have been saying, Oh, I'm looking forward to listening to this. I hope they listen to it at 1.5 speed. Uh, Yeah. We're going to get back together in six months. The three of us will come up with questions. Um, I still think you're a spy. I, I you know, I, 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 hope you're on the right side of history. I, I kind of think you are, but literally, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I went through all the skills that I built a case methodically through this that you can piece the the clues together. You're like Kaizo Sose at the end of the Untouchables. Like, I,
2: I, I put together the clues in the police room the whole time. I've laid the trail of breadcrumbs. I just learned that Kaiser Sose was in the Untouchables. That's pretty cool. No, you know
0: what I mean. Um, <laughs> I, fuck. Usual suspect. Usual I, suspect. I'm a, I'm a
2: little stinker. No,
0: I uh, as a human being looking at my notes, I suck. So so you know that that's just all right. Hey Finn, um, we will bother you later. Uh, I'm all done. If you guys got some stuff.
2: No, I mean I just want to say uh, good to see you again. Um, the uh, second most uh, most most controversial member of the wedding party.
4: <laughs>
2: sure. Yeah. We couldn't, we for some reason couldn't get an interview with the other guy. Yeah. He was otherwise um, busy. But thanks for stepping in. Picking up sloppy seconds there.
1: Apparently I have some more work to do. Oh, oh God.
2: Oh, yes. Uh, indeed. So, we're not, well, you know, good talking with you. Thanks for coming on our Marathon podcast, Um, yeah, and uh, don't forget